Okay, good morning, Boker Tov. Welcome back to Living with Amuna. Thank you for actually showing up. I wasn't sure when we changed the schedule whether I'd be sitting here by myself, so I'm grateful that I'm not. Welcome back. I want to thank our, as always, our Amuna series sponsors for the year, Dr. Zavi and Bella Morgan, a memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbit, and a memory of Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Shanzer. Very grateful for their sponsorship this morning. She was also sponsored by Carol Wald in memory of her beloved father, Benjamin Ben Daniel. Carol, thank you so much. Neshama Shalavan Aliyah and Yonina Gordon Haas in memory of her mother, Ida Lechtman, and Rav Mordechai Pinchas Taitz, whose Yurt site was yesterday, of course, an influence for so many of us in this room. Big Yashikoach, and a thank you for that sponsorship. A reminder if you're not yet part of the WhatsApp group, so that you can get alerts about our schedule and links and bonus Emuna material. Join the WhatsApp group easily at slash WhatsApp. Okay, we are in Tiv HaEmunah. We've been studying this wonderful Sefer by Rabbi, Rav Gamliel, Rabbi Navitz, a great tzaddik in Yerushalayim. And uh, we've been learning all about the challenge of our generation. How tragic in our time that people go through motions. He has been bemoaning. And the community that he's in is not a community that's lax. It's not a community that's flexible in halacha. It's not a community that waters down or treats Jewish law like it's a smorg that you can order off the menu or like you could choose from. He lives in his part and he's describing a community that is rigorously vigilant, passionately observant, and yet, even though externally doing everything right, putting check marks next to everything one should be doing, scrupulous on kashra standards, careful about making brachas and davening, learning Torah all hours of the day and night, yet, but do they have a connection to Hashem? Is observance of Torah and mitzvot informed, inspired, and animated ultimately by what I'm about to do is connecting me to Hashem? Remember we last left off, we were talking on Hanukkah, don't just light the candles mindlessly and then run to make the latkes. Be present. Be connected. Shabbos candles. We're done with the Hanukkah candles. We finish Hanukkah, we finish Zos Hanukkah. We're done with the Hanukkah candles. But we're not done with candles. The Gemara says, Tamid A person who accustoms himself to the candle. And there's a big machlokas we showed him is that the Hanukkah candle, the Shabbos candle, but the Shabbos candle is each and every week and is the entire year long. We may be done with the Hanukkah candles, but the Shabbos candles still come each and every Friday night. So how is it? Are you scrambling, still yelling at the kids? Things are not set up, put away, didn't shower yet, and you're just lighting the candles so you can be done and collapse on the couch with your Jewish magazine and newspaper of your choice? Or do you sit over those candles and before you light them, do you take a few deep breaths and restore your neshama by taking a neshima, restore your soul by taking a breath and focus and calm and shut out the distractions and say, I'm about to light the candles. I want to bring a light into my home and into my life. I want to think about children or the children who I want to and yearn to have. Is the candle lighting experience a rendezvous with Hashem? Are you going into Shabbos having had a private audience with Hashem where you take those hands and I don't even know what you women do, but you do this whatever motions and cover your eyes and I do know what you do, but you're covering your eyes. So the bracha is over last yes and I know what you're doing, but you do the whole thing to cover your eyes. And in that moment that you're covering your eyes, you're going into a private yichud room with Hashem. You're at the end of the week reflecting on the week that was. What went right? What went wrong? What bracha did you feel? And where do you object and protest and ask Hashem to do it differently in the week ahead? How can you reflect at the end of that week with gratitude, maybe with even some healthy dose of shame or remorse of things you could have done better? 
How can we cover our eyes and think about the Shabbos we want to have and we long to have and we're committed to have? How can we think about and daven for the people in our life, our own family and other people we care so desperately for? How do we connect to the light of these candles to dispel the darkness for Shalom Bayes and for Shalom in this world and connect to... So every mitzvah, I could sit here 613 times and describe to you every mitzvah, we can go through motions. It could just be get it out of the way, discharge the obligation, put the checkbox next to it and back to the real life we want to be living. Or each mitzvah you could immerse yourself in, you could lean into, you could connect with and be transformed by and have a mindfulness of, and it becomes a means and a medium to live with and connect with Hashem. And that's what Gamliel's he's bemoaning. He's describing a community who are so devoted to Torah and mitzvahs, who are so vigilant and scrupulous in their observance and their level of observance and stringency in observance, and yet is at the core of all of it a relationship. Is it all a relationship? It's like being in a marriage and be like, here are your flowers, here's your candy, here's your card, here's your... Like, what do you mean? But I, I did everything. Check, check, check. Like, what are you talking about? Every milestone, every significant date, every motion I'm supposed to go through, every gift I'm supposed to get you. Yeah, but did you forget one thing? Which is the everything, which is the relationship, which is that you're supposed to be present and feel connected and be invested and confide and be vulnerable and feel an intimate, affectionate connection. That's all of it. All the motions on the outside are means to their platforms, their invitations and opportunities to connect internally. Do we go through the motions and forget everything else, everything else? And this is what we left, left off. If you'd stop even a rish kolol, ask the rish kolol, where, where do you get your paycheck from? How do you pay your bills? He'll say Yeshiva of South Florida. He'll say the Mir, BMG, Yeshiva University, Land, whatever, you name the Yeshiva. He'll say, what do you mean? I get it from the Yeshiva. That's the name on the check when I deposit it. That's what comes through on the automatic deposit to my bank account. Well, they say, what do you mean where do I get the check from? I get it from the Rebona Shalom. It's not just Stam that the businessman, the lawyer, the doctor, the, the other person says, where do I get my income from? I make it from my customers and clients. But the person who all day is immersed in learning and teaching and living Torah also mistakenly and corruptly says today, I get my paycheck from the institution I work for. Instead of actually our answer being, what do you mean, I get, Hashem sustains me. Hashem takes care of me. How does he do, oh, how does he do it? Oh, I get it from the institution I work for. That's how he does it. But where does it come from? What's the real source of it? It's from Hashem. Do we live with that mentality and that attitude? That what I'm meant to have is what I'm, what I have is what I'm meant to have. What I'm going to get is what was determined from Hashem on Rosh Hashanah. I have to work hard and take initiative because that is, that is the price I have to pay in order to access the gift and the bracha that I get. That's just the way Hashem set up the world. But where does it really come from? It comes from Hashem. Is Hashem part of our vernacular? We're on the top of page Samach Tes 69. Is this... Is it our hands that really achieve and earn our income? Is it my acumen and skill set and brilliance and talent that really is what saves me in every situation? It's all from Hashem. It's all from Hashem. So I'm able to stay calm because I feel His presence in my life. I was in the airport yesterday morning. My flight was delayed. I was waiting and the alarm went off at the airport. Newark Airport. Uh, by the way, Baruch Hashem for flying because it gives me such good stories. I don't think I've ever taken a flight. I don't think I ever took a flight with, without having a story from it. So Baruch Hashem, I have many stories. So sitting in the airport, flight was delayed, which was okay. It's all from Hashem, right? And uh, the alarm in Newark, a piercing, relentless, 
deafening alarm is going off. So the scene was unbelievable. Nobody moved. <laughs> Nobody cared. Everybody's seen the airport was packed till the end of this time period. Uh, people are traveling. Airport was packed. You couldn't get a seat. The alarm is blaring the whole terminal. Lights flashing, alarm blaring, and nobody moved. And this guy gets on the loudspeaker. I was laughing, I think out loud. And he goes, this is only a test. Please, nobody panic. And I looked around. Nobody panic. Nobody even moved. Nobody flinched. Nobody looked up. Nobody cared. There was nobody panicked. It wasn't like there was a mass exodus or scramble or everybody was worried. Nobody could care less about this piercing alarm that was going off. And this guy was the only guy panicking over the fact that people might panic. He gets on the loudspeaker and he goes, it's just a test. It's not going to last long. Please, don't panic. And he was panicked over our panicking when nobody, not one person, not one, was panicked. Why am I telling you that story? Because you know what I was thinking to myself is that this, is a, this was a metaphor for the way the world should look if we were all living with Emuna. The alarm is sounding, the lights are flashing, and okay, yeah, Hashem has a plan. Whatever's meant to be is going to be. Now again, in a world of Emuna, you still have to react. Maybe we were all grossly irresponsible. By the way, the thing went on forever, and then when it finally stopped, the entire terminal erupted in applause and <laughs> gratitude. But... But, you know, again, maybe we were all, a thousand people were grossly irresponsible that nobody moved or budged or cared. And nobody looked up from whatever device they were staring at and consumed by. Maybe that's not the safe way of being. But I thought to myself, wow, like this is, this is the world, the way it should look if we live with Amuna. The alarm's blasting and blaring. The lights are flashing. But like Hashem's in control. So what do I need to panic? So the people with no Amuna are yelling, don't panic! And if you live with Hashem, you keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on if you have a moon in Hashem, if you live Hashem in our life. So all those mitzvahs or invitations and platforms connect with Hashem. I've shared before the Nod de objection. Hasidim loved the Nod de but the Nod de did not love Hasidus. Nod de has several tshuvas, Rabbi where he objected to some of the radical innovations of the Hasidic movement when it began. He objected to several of them. We spoke about it in our people of the book on the Nudah Behuda. You could find that entire talk online. But one thing I'll share with you he objected to was the Hasidim introduced, before you do a mitzvah, to say, L'shem you say a whole formula that I'm really doing this to invoke the spheros and the energies of Hashem and I'm connecting to Hashem. Nudah Behuda said, uh, what are you doing? What are you introducing new things to say before you do a mitzvah? You know what we have before we do a mitzvah? We say a little something. You know what it's called? A bracha. And you know why you say the bracha? To focus you on the mitzvah you're about to do, that you're not going through a mindless motion, but you're doing something to connect you and to bind you to Hashem. So he said, what, we've become so, so dulled, so desensitized that we just say the bracha without thinking about it, so now you added a new formula? Then what happens when that becomes rote? And Takana, you see chasidim while they do the mitzvah on their way out to the Safkania. Like, now, that, now we have to introduce three new formulas each, so Nadavidu was opposed to the new formula. He said, just focus on when you say the bracha, because the bracha is that formula. So when we do a mitzvah, the mitzvah, the tzav, the word tzav means a bridge, a connection, a bond. Tzav is a connection. It's almost like you close an electric circuit, and now the, the electricity can flow. When you close the circuit, the electricity can flow. I was learning with my chavrusa the other day, and part of the power in his house went out, which normally is not terrible, but when you're suffering the frigid Boca winter and you need the heat in the house. 
He was without heat. The problem was that a circuit breaker popped. So when the circuit breaker pops, the circuit's not closed, the electricity doesn't flow, you have no heat, you have no power. And when you close the circuit, then all of a sudden the electricity is flowing. And now it comes to life. Now there's power, now there's light, now there's warmth. So a mitzvah, tzav, tzav is the closing of a circuit. We close a circuit in a connection with Hashem. And now there's an electricity that flows. So I'm not just a lifeless being out there on my own withering and dying and trying to barely hold on. I do a mitzvah, I connect to my source. I close a circuit. The electricity is flowing, come back to life. It's like also the power on the plane was out and my phone was dying and I was trying to keep it barely holding on. And when you find an outlet and you can plug in, it's like, oh, tchiyas amesim. Tchiyas amesim, right? Rav Machlis, Rav Machlis, when he was on behind the bima, described that. He said, we talked about the loss of his wife, Rebetzin Machlis, the extraordinary Rebetzin Machlis. He said, how painful as it is, you believe in Tchiyas HaMesim. We're talking about that now in Siddur Snippets, the second Barach of Shimon Asai, Gvuros. So he said, you know, he said, today, people use their Lashon. They say the language, my iPad died. My phone died. It didn't really die. You didn't hold a funeral for it. All you need to do is find a cord in an outlet. And what happened to it? The thing that you use the language, it died, it's dying, it died. We should say, Vidoy, it's dying, it died. To have a Leviah for it, it died. It didn't really die. As soon as you find an outlet and a cord, what did it have? It had a Tchiyas HaMesim, it came back to life. And that in our time is a metaphor for what we will all experience. And that's why Rav Machlis said, even though Rebbe Tzimachlis was his other half, how, how is he able to move on? He said, because I know that Mashiach will come and we'll get the cord and the outlet and the people who are gone are going to come and spring back to life. So we use that language. We were wrong to say they died. They didn't die. We just need to wait for the outlet and the cord. They didn't die. Like our iPad and our phone didn't die. We just need the cord and the outlet. It will come back to life. So we're dying. We're withering. We're disconnected from our source. And every mitzvah is an invitation. Reconnect to the source. Close the circuit. Let the electricity flow. Spring back to life. The lights come back on. The heat came back on. The energy Whatever's driving whatever device, it came back on. Says Rav Gamliel, if you'll say, I really believe in truth authentically. It never occurred to me there's no God in this world. I would never believe or live or act as if there's no Hashem in this world. How could you call me an apikaris? You're going to label me a heretic? I learned Dafyomi, I go to Shachras Menchamarv, I give my stuck, I volunteer for Chesed, I lit the Hanukkah candles, I built my sukkah. What are you talking? I'm an Apikoros. How dare you say I'm an Apikoros? How dare you say or accuse me or label me a heretic? We say in Shema, the second paragraph, we deviate, we lose our, our way. And we serve and we worship foreign gods. What does it mean? We turn, we pivot, we pivot and we worship. The Navi, the prophet Yeshaya, this is the Haftorah that we read on every fast day. It says, Hashem says, my thoughts, my thought pattern, are not your thoughts. And your way of being, your behavior, is not my way. Perush, so said the Bashem, when a person disconnects from Hashem, if you're disconnected from Hashem, 
If Hashem is not the one who pays your paycheck, Hashem is not the one who will heal your wounds. Not only physical pain and wounds, but mental anguish and wounds. If you don't see Hashem as the source, if you're disconnected from Hashem, if He's not part of your vernacular and language and everyday conversation, Hashem got us this parking spot. Hashem made the flight take off. Hashem let us land safely. Hashem gave us this incredible meal. If Hashem is not part of the regular, we don't know what to do, let's hold hands and pray on it. Let's ask Hashem to give us clarity. If Hashem is not part of our language, then we're Oved Avodah You're an idolater. I, but I went to the daf and I went to Shachras Men and I'm on 17 Tehillim groups. And I, what are you talking about? What do you mean? No, ki lo derachechem derachai, lo machshavosechem, lo machshavosai, machshavosechem. Velo yesh davar memutza, bezo vaasartem, vaavadatem. There is no middle path. If you're visartem, if you turn away, then by definition and automatically, vaavadatem, you're worshiping something else. You're worshiping something else. What do you think is the source of your success? Because you're some influencer, you're some entrepreneur, you're so brilliant. It's your customers, it's your clients, it's your marketing, it's your PR. You're worshiping something else. It's your ego, it's your sense of self. That's what you're worshiping. There is no power, there's no neutral, there is no agnostic. There is no agnostic. You know, we think that there's an agnostic. What's an agnostic? The agnostic is the person who hedges who says, I'm not really sure if there's a God or not. So I'm an agnostic. I'm undecided. I'm an independent voter on God. I'm an agnostic. We even use that to describe, I'm agnostic on that. What do you think about gun control? What do you think about abortion? What do you think about? I'm agnostic on that. Agnostic is the word we use to describe somebody who doesn't take a side. I don't take a side, I'm agnostic on it. So you can be an agnostic in theory, but in practice, you're either an atheist or believer. You could be an agnostic in theory. You could go to the Yom Yun on is there a God or is there no God. You go to that Yom Yun and you examine all the evidence and you walk away and you say, you know, academically I'm undecided. Intellectually I'm undetermined, I don't know. So intellectually and academically you could be an agnostic, you could be in the middle. But Lamaisa, you're talking to God or you're not talking to God? You're crediting God or you're not crediting God? Are you surrendering to God or you think you're in control? Do you believe everything's from God or you think there's some chance or randomness to the universe? Agnosticism is only in theory. In practice, you're either an atheist or a believer. It's one of the two. So the moment that you're not a believer, you're not an agnostic. The moment you're not a believer, what are you? You're an atheist. You're an Ovid Avodah You're crediting money, power, fame, celebrity, nature, randomness. There's no shortage of things that you could be giving credit to rather than Hashem, rather than God. So, Gamaliel is describing, he's painting a picture. You could go through all the motions. You could be doing everything right on the outside. But if it's not informed and animated, if on the kishkas, there isn't a genuine relationship, an ongoing conversation. If you're doing mitzvos as checklist items, but they're not atzivoy, atzav, you're not closing a circuit with Hashem, where there's an electricity, a bond, a connection, then, then, you're, not, then you're not really living with Hashem. You're an apikoras, you're a religious apikoras. So, I was once asked to do a favor for someone, and that person was incredibly grateful to me for it. Your overwhelming, excessive gratitude to me, you forgot that I'm just a shliach. Thank you for the thank you. 
I appreciate the gratitude, but the excessive gratitude, as if I'm the one who got that done, you've forgotten that I'm just an agent. I'm just a middleman. I'm just acting on Hashem's behalf. By the way, this works perfectly with the Parsha. Not this week so much as last week. But in last week's Parsha, when Paro summons Yosef from the pit, and he says, I heard about you, that you're really good at interpreting dreams. I heard you're the man. You're the dream interpreter guy. So I need your help. And what does Yosef say? The stupidest thing of all time. This man has been languishing in prison, falsely accused, was thrown in a pit, was abandoned by his family. This is his moment. This is his like shark tank moment. This is it. You're in front of Paro. And what should he say if he's smart? All he should say is, yeah, I'm pretty good at interpreting dreams. I'll see what I could do to help you. Yeah, I've been given this gift and I'm so grateful for it. Let me see what I could do to help you. He doesn't say that. What does he say? He says, what? Me? Oh, no, 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 not me. No, no, Hashem is the one. Hashem's the dream interpreter. He just sometimes uses me to get it across. If I'm power, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Just, I got dreams. I need you to interpret them. I'd be like, get, get rid of this guy. He has no confidence. What is he talking about? God's the one who, like, throw him back in the pit. Yosef risked everything by saying something so foolish. He should have said, yeah, I'm the man. I'm the, Hashem, I know you're the one, but just for these purposes, for my freedom, for my safety, for my life. Pikuach nefesh, yeah, I'm the guy. But Yosef's incapable. Rashi says, because Yosef lives, Shem Shamayim Shkura Befiv. Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Amir Hashem, Chaste Hashem, Hashem. Everything's Hashem. So Paro says, I need a favor. And what does Yosef say? I'm happy to do it. Realize I'm just doing Hashem's bidding. So if Hashem wills me to be your agent to do the favor, I'm more than happy to. More than happy to. By the way, just parenthetically, and how does Paro react? Not throw this weirdo back in the pit. How does he react? Ooh, there's a Hashem. By the end of Yosef's incessant references to Hashem, Paro says, wow, Hashem really, this person, Hashem, Ruach Hashembo, Paro volunteers on his own describing Yosef, that Yosef is somebody, Hashem, Ruach Hashembo. All of a sudden, Paro is now a believer. Because when you don't, this is very, I think, instructive also, this was the Drush last Shabbos, this rise of anti-Semitism, assimilation, the answer is not to cower, apologize, be defensive, don't take off your yarmulke, don't hide that you're a Jew. The answer is to speak more pride, more passion, more public practice that we're Jews. A bigger yarmulke. Make it more obvious that we're a Jew. More obvious that we're a Jew. I was getting bageled left and right on the plane yesterday. I was flying jet Jew. So <laughs> across from me was an older man. When we landed, I asked him, could I help you take down your luggage? I took down his luggage. So everyone around me is bageling me. There's one other older person sitting and says, now you did your mitzvah for today. I said, yes, I did my, am I done for the day? I'm exempt the rest of the day. I did my mitzvah for the day. Everybody were talking mitzvahs. But be more public you're a Jew. More, I don't know how he knew I was Jewish. More public, <laughs> more proud, more public, more public, more proud, more passion. Yosef, who's in this foreign land, there's no such thing as a Jew in Egypt. They never met a Jew. And all Yosef does is talk about Hashem. And the result of nonstop talking about Hashem is not Paro saying, these weirdos beat him up, anti-Semitism. He doesn't, let's post something on Twitter about it, let's come out with a new line of clothing with swastikas on it. No, the answer is, wow, there's something worth respecting here. He respects himself. He's not defensive and apologetic. He's passionate and practicing. Something worth admiring. Something worth looking at over here. I think very, very instructive for all of us on how we should be reacting and what we should do. It says Rav Gamliel, Ad kach, 
Tiv ha'emunah. You know what it means to live a life of emunah? To live a life of emunah is, Hashem is in part of our conversation all the time. Someone says, can you do me a favor? And you say, sure, if Hashem wills it, absolutely, I'm happy to. Then they thank you. Thank you for that favor. That favor was unbelievable. You got me into that doctor and that saved a life and only because of you is life saved. You don't say, you're welcome. You could buy me a case of wine. You're welcome. Get me tickets to the Hamilton. You're welcome. You say, stop thanking me so much. I appreciate it. Yes, I made the call, but really Hashem is the one who allowed the connection. Hashem is the one who healed you. If you really live with Amuna, I don't care if you dive in Shachras, Mincha, and Marv. What do you do in between? What do you do in between? Do you talk about Hashem? Do you say, happy to do a favor if Hashem allows? Thank you, thank you. Stop being so excessive in your gratitude. I was, it was my pleasure, but really it's from Hashem. Are you willing to, in the doctor's office, tell the doctor, you know, God willing, you, this, God will guide your hand. My surgery will be successful. Doctor, I want to thank you. I'm going to send you a case of wine. Thank you for the surgery. I'm so grateful God chose you to be the instrument to help heal me. Again, are we like Yosef? Everywhere we go, are we talking about God? Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be defensive. Don't be apologetic. It, it, that's our responsibility. That's our mission. That's who we are. And that's the ultimate demonstration of belief in Hashem. You believe in Hashem when you said, Shachras Menchemarav, Shkoyach. You believe in Hashem when you made a brach on the candle lighting? That's a chiddush. But shkoyach, you're supposed to. But do you believe in Hashem in the doctor's office? Do you believe in Hashem when it comes to the favor? Do you believe in Hashem about where the paycheck comes from? Who sent me and positioned me to do the favor for you? Where did I get the will? And where did I get the power? How did I have the connections? Why was I positioned to do the favor? It's all from Hashem. Hashem put it in that position. If the result is all you're doing is thanking me and you're not thanking him, then you've forgotten Hashem. You are an apikaris. You're a heretic. You're a righteous heretic. You're a, you're a believing heretic. You're a practicing heretic. But in the end of the day, you're ultimately a heretic. If when you say thank you to the person who did the favor and the only one you thanked was the person and not Hashem, then ultimately you're an apikaris. Lamaisa, in order to live with Amuna, practice Amuna, be a person of Amuna, not just talk about Amuna, not just talk about God, but talk to God, talk with God, then you have to be feeling and sensing. You have to increase, not only put on your Amuna glasses, the way in which you see the world, but also the Amuna senses and sensitivity and sensors that you censor, you experience with Amuna. Somebody told him a story with the great Sadik Rav Rafal Salavechik. He spoke to Rav Rafal Salavechik about his father, the Brisker Rav, Ravelvel, the Brisker Rav, the Grizz. The Grizz had a tremendous Amuna. The Grizz described he only survived and escaped Europe. He was on a train with Nazis, positive he was going to be identified and eliminated. And it's only because, rather than panic, the alarm was going off, the lights were flashing. But you know what he did instead of panicking? He kept calm and carried on. How? Like the people of Newark Airport. How? Because he repeated over and over and over again, Ein od milvado, Ein od milvado. The Nefesh Chaim Rechaim writes, it's a big schooler, that you say in a moment of crisis, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to fear. 
walk through Gehenna. I could be in Gehenna and I won't fear. You know why? You are with me. And in a moment of crisis, and in a moment of panic, and when the alarm is si- and the sirens are all blaring and blasting, and the, and the lights are all flashing, you just start saying, Einod Melvada. I'm good to go because Einod Melvada, there's nothing but you. There's no such thing as a Nazi. Einod Melvada. I'm not panicked in this moment. Now there were six million, many of whom said Einod Melvada on their way to the gas chamber. It doesn't mean everyone will be saved. We're not describing that Amuna is the ticket and then no one will be sick and nobody will ever struggle with infertility and nobody... Amuna doesn't mean that it solves all our problems, but it gives us the, it gives us the courage and it gives us the, the faith to endure and to navigate whatever challenge that we have as we're going through Gehenna. Gam even though I'm walking through the gates of Tzalmavis, of Gehenna, lo as long as Ataimadi, I can do it. And how do we get Ataimadi? How do we get Hashem to be with us? Ein od melvado. Ein od melvado. There is no one, there is nothing but you. Ein od melvado. Ein od melvado, there is only you. So the briskarov, the, the, the Grizz, said the only way he escaped when he was, others would have panicked on that train. He just kept repeating, Ein od melvado. There's no one, there's nothing but you. Ein od melvado. V'shalu, hein ulam so they asked Rafal, his son, it's true, your father, the Briskarov, lived with such an Amuna, but how can we come close? How can we live that way? You know, it takes effort and exercise. It takes, a person has to work on it. It doesn't happen on its own. You're not going to walk out of the gym with the same muscles as the biggest bodybuilder unless you start working the machines. You got to start working it. You're not going to grow an Amuna if you don't work it. It's not enough to go to the Amuna Shir every Wednesday or Thursday. It's not enough to go to the Amuna Shir, subscribe to the Amuna newsletters, mine and countless better others, emails and books and Amuna. All of that's great. And then what happens? Then what happens? In a moment of crisis, you panic, you fear, you start screaming. Someone does a favor and you start thanking them excessively and forgot the real source of the favor. Someone asks you, where's your paycheck from? And you mention the institution or the clients rather than God. All the Amuna newsletters in the world don't help if you don't exercise Amuna, if you don't work out the Amuna muscle, if you don't put on the Amuna glasses, if you don't start to see the world through Amuna. And how do we do that? How do we do that? Should we end here? We'll go two more minutes. How do we do that? Time flies when you're having Amuna and fun. V'chein pirshu ha-chasidim, page ayin, turn the page. This is how the Hasidim explained the Pasuk. He'emanti ki adaber. She'emuna talu lafi adibur. You know how you're growing Amuna? We think mistakenly, we think mistakenly, if I have Amunah, then I'll talk about God. But it's the opposite. If I always talk about God, I'm going to live with greater Amunah. Don't wait. With the eating comes the appetite. Achra pu'ulos nimshach halavavos. Sefer achinach writes, we think that when I'm driven and motivated, then I'll act. And a core principle of the Sefer achinach, he repeats in many places, is no. When you act, then you're going to start having the drive and the motivation. Dress for success. Dress for the job you want, not the one you have. Fake it till you make it. A million cliches I can tell you, but they're all from the Sefer HaChinuch. Achra pu'ulos nimshachalavavos. Start showing love and you'll love the person. Love is a verb, not an adjective. Start acting with love and you will love. You say, I couldn't possibly eat. I have no appetite. Seven main dishes later. Why well, had that happen? Because with the eating comes the appetite. With the eating comes the appetite. Achra pu'ulos 
Don't wait for the drive and the motivation and then you'll act. Start acting and then the drive and the motivation will follow. Don't wait for incredible faith and then you'll start talking about Hashem. Start talking about and seeing Hashem everywhere and then you'll start feeling a tremendous sense of faith. We'll start with this next time. But I recently heard Tony Robbins is describing this, the great motivational speaker. He was talking about identity. He was talking about we live in a way, we make choices that conform with the identity, how we see ourselves. So I shared this before, but I was recently hearing him unpack this in a fuller sense. So he says, you know, if I see myself as the alcoholic, I'm going to drink. But if I see myself as the recovered alcoholic, then it's pasnish. How could I have a drink? He didn't say pasnish. But how can I have a drink? How could I have a drink? So right, he describes this in the world of jogging. If I say I, I want to run, I'm going to run, I'm going to buy billion dollar sneakers and running outfits and run and running apps. But I don't really want to run, so I never run. But if I start telling everybody, you know, I'm a runner, I'm a runner. So now again, it's pasnish for a runner to not run. So when you make something part of your core identity, then you're going to start doing it. So you don't wait to start having amuna to say, I'm a person with a lot of amuna. I'm a Baruch Hashem person. No, no, I'm a Baruch Hashem person. Then it's pasnish for the person who's always talking Baruch Hashem to not start seeing Hashem. So it's counterintuitive. It's sort of paradoxical. Don't wait to feel, to act. Start acting and identifying. And by identifying and acting, then you're going to start to feel. So that's your homework for next week. And it's a very short week because today's Thursday and our next year is on a Wednesday. So it's a short homework week. You have less than a week to turn in your homework. And the, the turn in your homework, your homework is Again, the people around you might start giving you strange looks, especially if you're married to them or your children and they've never seen you talk or act or behave in that way. But just do it. Do it. Fake it till you, till you make it. Do it. Hashem gave us this great dinner. Why are you thanking me? It's from Hashem. Hashem gave us this parking spot. Hashem, if Hashem wills it, then it's going to work out that dinner will be ready in time. Whatever, the, whatever you want to say. Start invoking Hashem in every part of a conversation. And by doing so, we'll all grow tremendously in our emunah. Join the WhatsApp group if you haven't yet. And until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay holy. Thank you.